top stars from Hollywood and from all over the world to entertain you on a giant screen with a few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. Please please to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Station. Good evening, boys and girls. It is December 26th. It is not Monday. It's a Tuesday. Uh, you are tuned into the Drive-In Speaker Box, the best in movie news and reviews and all that fun stuff. I'm your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. I'm Slick Doggy the Grip. And uh, we've got a show tonight. Um, sorry if I'm going to be like soft talking this week. I uh, kind of slightly lost my voice last week and uh it is just now on the recovery so uh my for, forgive me if i if i sound like the quiet storm for for most of tonight's episode but uh but it's the holiday season mm-hmm. um we just we just uh we just got out of christmas yesterday was christmas and was uh, just yesterday yeah and 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 movies were saw we've been we've been gone for what two episodes now uh no we did a tuesday episode week before last oh so, that's right yeah yeah we did we missed last week okay so we it's just not our regularly scheduled programming which just makes everything seem a little weird um but uh but but we're back uh i saw a couple of movies over the the holiday break i saw uh wonka as well as yes. the new aquaman i saw wonka also and uh then Yesterday on Christmas, uh, I was able to get into a not completely sold out show when I bought the ticket of Salar. And was that at the Malco or the AMC? Yeah, I had to watch it at Malco. And the single ticket cost as much as my one month membership of A-List. And you couldn't use A-List because of it being like a special whatever, right? No, I could could have used A-List at uh, AMC, but the only problem was every showing at every theater was sold out dang yeah so i had to buy it like three days ahead of time midday on christmas day well um i guess we'll be talking about all those films tonight um did you have any big news that you wanted to share i mean and we i know we have a lot of movies to catch up on yeah well we got news to catch up on too so we can kind of hit the uh the high points and everything um one of the biggest things for things that we don't care about is that Jonathan Majors was uh, convicted on one of his two things. I think he still has a trial for the other one or something like that, but it's already, it's done. He's done at Disney. They dropped him. Um, so no more Jonathan Majors for Kang. Uh, they're going to have to find someone else to be Kang because Disney following that announced that they plan on keeping Kang as their villain. Um, so they're going to have to recast him, but Which also seems like that's pretty commonplace in, in comic book movies anymore. Just eh, put a different person who cares. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, uh, also one of the things that they, uh, we had talked about it before magazine dreams, uh, a movie that Disney put on hold be as soon as all this stuff started along with the writer strike and everything like that. And they, they're doing the Warner brothers thing, uh, where they're like, Oh man, I don't have to release this movie that we spent money on in tax write-off. So that has been put on um, permanent hold uh, with no foreseeable release date. 
And uh, word on the street and, and in the articles I was reading is that Disney plans on using the um, morality clause or the morals clause in the uh, contract for that movie to not have to pay uh, some of the investors really? of the movie. So they have, a, they have an out where they can get rid of that film instead of releasing it ever, use the moral clause to not have to pay back uh, investors, producers, and um, use it as a tax write-off. Dang. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just Disney doing dirty movie studio stuff. Um, we also, uh, since someone asked about Godzilla Minus One, uh, Furious Apology over here, which we, which we talked about on the show a little while back, because um, I went and watched it and thought it was the tits. Wasn't it getting like a black and white re-release? In Japan. In uh, Japan, it's getting the monochrome uh, black and white release. Uh, but uh, one thing about Godzilla Minus One is that it was initially meant to only be in the U.S. for a single week, and it has gone on for four weeks now, despite them saying uh, like twice now that they were uh, only going to extend it one more week and it was going to be done. Uh, it's continued for four weeks um, and I haven't looked at the numbers yet, but it was projected to after Christmas uh, make like forty-one point somewhat million in the U.S. alone. This is a movie that has a reported budget of fifteen million, but Dina super sleuthed that and found that uh, it was actually less than fifteen million for the entire movie. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. and to make almost forty-two million dollars in the U.S. alone, uh, plus all the money it's made worldwide. Uh, complete runaway success. It's one of only like 50 some odd movies, like 54 movies in 2023 to have made more than $40 million. And you're like, wow, 50 movies is a lot of movies. No, it's not. <laughs> not you when know? like two or three come out every weekend like, and then all the ones on streaming. Yeah. Well, and, and all of the little releases and stuff like that, most years have like 250, 300 some odd movies, yeah. something like that, like on like a slow year kind of a thing. So uh, Godzilla being one of the uh, higher grossing movies and being an unexpected and runaway success and then being up for awards uh, with things like Oscars and stuff that people um, seem to care about for a film that was made for less than $15 million to just come in and like knock out punch the hell out of everything that's made with over $200 million uh, is incredible. I think that's super badass. Um and then uh, c- continuing on with the uh, the things that, um, you know, used to not be such a big deal but have gained insane popularity recently, Netflix is remaking One Piece anime even though One Piece anime is still going. So they're kind of trying to do like the, the, the Brotherhood thing, uh, the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood or like a... Or when they did the Berserk, like they just redid the same uh, arc, the uh, Golden Egg arc, or whatever. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I guess. Except the thing is, though, like um, Berserk, I don't, I don't know about Full Metal Alchemist. I never watched any of that stuff. But Berserk had like its anime, and then they made a new one after it, it wasn't still going. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah. know, I see what you're saying. I see or, what you're saying. or like, um, what's an, like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? That's one that people have found out about but they only see new jojo they've never seen original old jojo that those of us that used to have to not talk about these things in public uh were familiar with um but yeah so even though one piece is an ongoing uh currently being weekly released manga and anime 
they're remaking the East Blue Saga uh, for One Piece's anniversary next year, uh, and it's going to be done by Wit Studio that did Attack on Titan, which sounds god awful for One Piece, and it sounds like any. At least the animation won't suck. Well, no, that's the whole thing. That's part of the charm, and that's what really fits with One Piece is that it's matured um, in its characters and and story and action along with its storytelling, and the art styles fit that because there's a a point in One Piece called the time skip where there's a two-year time skip where everyone goes from being comedic, goofy characters that, like, are people you'd grow up with to being over-the-top shonen characters that can just, like, destroy a mountain by looking at it kind mm, of a thing gotcha. so pre-time skip one piece had way more comedy i mean one piece has maintained the comedy but pre-time skip is perfect it's the one piece that everyone likes like fans of one piece like myself we appreciate pre-time skip for what it is and, and what it was and it needs to stay untainted because it's amazing hmm. but netflix ordered that and i guess with them having the live action rights uh have in some way gained animation rights uh to be able to do this and i don't know how oda probably feels about that because publicly he's like hey cool one piece i'm gonna make money or whatever but i imagine on the inside because after reading the live action stuff where they go yeah we we had all these terrible ideas because we just really wanted to just fuck one piece we hate that shit but we want to make money on it and we approached Odo with this and said, hey, we want to ruin everything you've done. And he goes, please don't. And they go, well, actually, we want to make it worse than what we had originally presented. He goes, please don't do that. And they're like, what if we also took a shit on it? And he goes, please don't. And they go, what about this idea that also sucks but doesn't have shit on it? And he's like, whatever, just you're killing me. I'm on a manga deadline. Don't kill me with a heart attack. And they're like, cool, thanks. We're going to fuck it up. Bye. Here's money. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to do with it again. Uh, and then uh, things that I hope that they don't fuck up. Uh, Games Workshop released an announcement saying that them and Amazon Studios have signed a full contract uh, to bring Warhammer 40K to TV and film with Amazon. Damn. Um and, you know, Henry Cavill, of course, has his name attached to this because he's the world's most famous Warhammer dude because um, he's uh, muscly and, and good looking or whatever, unlike uh, the rest of us that like Warhammer. Um, but uh, that's there's they haven't announced whether the original releasings are going to be a TV or a movie. Uh, they kind of tease in their thing. They say, should we start with TV or should we do a movie first? Let us know. But they said all of the writers and producers and everyone they're bringing in are all fans of Warhammer. They are Games Workshop is doing what Games Workshop does really well most of the time, which is protecting their IP. Uh, and making sure that people that actually truly care about it are the ones allowed in. So they've named... Um, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, they've named Henry Cavill as executive producer. Uh, but one of the things I thought was interesting here is that they said he'd bring his pen, sword, and or spear to the project. It's Warhammer. And everyone wants Henry Cavill to be a Primarch, right? Uh, or something. If they're going to do horse heresy stuff or if they're going to do in Warhammer 40K... Uh, so it's like, are they going to do 30K or 40K? No one knows, but everyone has their speculation. But by not saying hammer, saying sword and or spear, that eliminates several characters right there that a cavil might be. So you know he's probably not going to be um, like um, uh, uh, 
Ferris Manus or Perturabo or, or something like that. But um, that may end up being exciting. Um, but Warhammer TV is great. I like it. They have fantastic animations and, and little things on there. So we'll see how they do with Amazon. And then, did you have any news? or just... No. No, okay. Um, I did not watch uh, uh, Bad Moon, Dookie Moon. Rebel Moon. Rebel Moon. Um, yeah. I did not watch that because it looked like garbage. Uh, I did see plenty of stuff through uh, uh, about it uh, throughout the last week because... I heard a lot of people say it was fine. Yeah, I heard a lot of... I, ha- I hadn't seen any good reviews on it. But I did see a lot of people being like, oh, look at this exact ripoff of Warhammer. Hmm. And so many images and stills were just Warhammer minis down to the, like the box art paint colors. Hmm. Like the main character stands and holds this flag and it looks exactly like the Cadian flag and like the Cadia stands like miniature and stuff like this down to the, like the design and the colors and the emblem and everything. Um, and the, uh, the bad guys look just like commissars. Um, you know, some of the troops are wearing Astra Militarum troops, uh, uh, like outfits and stuff like that. Um, but it looked like, uh, dookie nonsense. So I didn't watch it, but it's the number one movie for Netflix, of course, because they've just been advertising the hell out of it. Uh, and you don't want to feel like you miss out on this so that three months from now you can get your rated R director's cut, um, mm. and then be ready for part two, what next month or in February. Something like that. I know yeah. they've green. It's already already going forward. Uh, yeah, and then there's the TV series <coughs> and the third movie. Uh, but both of the first two movies are going to have director's cuts. Uh, but something that's funny about that and Netflix being like, yeah, dude, Rebel Moon, number one, and all this stuff. Uh, you know what else is in their global top ten? The Marine with John Cena. Hell yeah. Yeah. 7.4 million hours of viewing by 5 God. million people uh, put it in the top 10. So the same time they're like, dude, Rebel Moon. Wow, what a success. The world was also like, fuck your Rebel Moon. I'm going to watch you, the John Marine. Cena yeah, in his first movie. Um, so that's funny. Um, I just got tickled by that because streaming metrics and they make no sense they make no sense at all and it's all you know i think a lot of netflix metrics are measured on whatever's on the home screen and it's like ah, recommended for you does this look cool and you go yep yep okay it's here i don't have to dig around in the in the in the algorithms so uh well okay well that's what's going on in the news i'm gonna kind of skip over the new release uh thing that we normally do every week because not much is coming out in theaters this week i mean it's mm. post christmas weekend new year's eve weekend not really any there's just some limited release stuff or limited like streaming crap but not even worth even mentioning well and, that might be good news for things like migration uh I, I read that it's illumination's worst debut out of like the 15 the movies one, they've right? done so far yeah yeah, yeah. uh quit putting aquafina in movies and maybe people go watch it i mean i don't know that's my that's my guess. It's, well, and just, it's just, I don't know. Every time I see a trailer and I hear Aquafina's voice like, uh, eh. raspy yell at me through some character, I'm like, I really don't want to watch just that movie. Over it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, um, with that said, I guess let's, uh, let's talk about, let's talk about Wonka, man. Um, we both saw it. We did. Um, oh, shit. Last bit of news. We lost Andre Brower. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, passed away. Super sad. Pour one out. 
cap. But uh, yeah, Wonka. Mm. Yeah, so Wonka, um, you know the new the new the new family film uh, from Paul King with uh, Timothy Chalamet um, came out. Uh, it's in theaters. You can you can see it. Um, and and it's, you know it's 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 a very visually interesting um, movie to 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 view. But uh, I, I felt kind of bait and switched. Yes, in this hundred percent. You know, I saw I saw several trailers leading up to this. Not a single one of them was singing as goddamn much as this movie did. Not an exaggeration. Back me up on this. 93% or more of this movie is song. There's the it the the singing is such a, a towering uh, like I don't know. It, it it's, it's all it of it outweighs the spoken word the spoken lines are so minuscule in this because as soon as someone says a line and someone says it back it's time it for another song. song there's like three cds worth of songs in the first act of this movie and alone all it but, opens in all sing but song. maybe one of them was even somewhat catchy you know and that's the thing about musicals like if you're gonna make a musical like Make sure you have a couple of bangers in there that you go, people are going to be singing this when they leave the theater. And the the, the, the two catchiest songs were the two original songs from the first say, movie. Oompa Loompa, Doopy Dee Doo, and... Uh, and then uh, Pure Imagination. Oh, you know? yeah, that uh, they that played at the very end. Yeah. Like, yeah. And those are the only two, because you're like, oh, yeah, this is the right, this is a good song. And, you know... I think if you watch this show enough, you know that I'm not a big fan of movie musicals, right? But but the original Wonka was just as much movie yeah. as it was musical. It had a song here and there, and it was presented as part of... Like um, vignettes to explain something that's going on. Like right. most of it was the Oompas. Yeah, to explain the weirdness. This one, this is a musical more than it is movie, uh, a thousand percent. And and the times that you get spoken lines is like a little reprieve from like having to listen to song and follow the dumb dances, and it's like um, the, the characters just weren't. Yeah, none of the characters stood out to he me. He wasn't Wonka, and that that me. that was the other complaint that I had about this movie is the the Wonka character. You know, <laughs> Love Wonka I ne- the, the the Wonka character played, you know, by it's been played twice famously by, you know, Johnny Depp and, of course, the, the, the OG Gene Wilder. And both of those those actors brought a certain like mysterious darkness to the character. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's like, how does this brilliant, weird, eccentric kind of like artist type, you know, get to where he's at? And in the, in the original movie, like he kind of falls out of love with it enough to where he wants to give it all away, you know, and he's kind of over it. They never really talk about it, but it's there and you can see it in his character. And even in the meme, Oh, tell me more about your bullshit, you know? And, and this movie, I was kind of hoping like, Oh, it's going to be like more of an origin story. Maybe somewhere in this movie, we're going to see him lose his spark. Like it's this like bright eyed him into Willy Wonka. Yeah. Like here's this amazing, talented chipper wants to show the world, the whole, the, 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 the ways of his amazing chocolatiering. But then something happened. That's the story that I think we all really wanted to see. Not like, oh yeah, he's magic. He's he's sing songs about rainbows and everything's great. I want to see the the side of him that 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 kind of was 
tossing around with the dark side and and of course having to sell out to capitalism you know mm. there's a story there where he becomes the people that he hates and uh you know i i wanted to see that and it wasn't there this willy wonka was way too friendly dude just the most chipper happy baby-faced boy uh, who's just so devoid of any kind of common sense and, and they even make sure to point out that he never bothered to learn how to read because he was too busy making chocolates. Like, how did he discover all these lands to go to and how did he do all of his research if he couldn't read or anything yeah. like that? And and it takes place in, like, Belgium or and something? I, like, how it's is in he Brussels? Like, or? so poor but has a box with, like, Tanzanian whipper glebble gobble tears yeah, that, that it, were only harvested once every third century. Yeah, the opening 20-minute song is about how he has seven coins and he loses all of them because he just gives them away and then his final one he just throws into a storm grate. And uh, it's it's literally 20 minutes. It's god-awful. It's, it's, it's so distracting at the beginning of the movie. But then, as soon as they're like, Hey Willie, we hate we helped you save up so that you can buy this uh, empty room. And he goes, "Cool." And the next moment, it is a world of imagination. Yeah, it's like literally out. overnight. It, he had three billion dollars, or he made a three billion dollar Belgium bill Build out out mm-hmm. of like a piece of chocolate and tricked someone into thinking it was real. Um, also, he drugs a lot of people. Yeah, he choco drugs people. Yeah, which is yeah. uh morally questionable and he like does this to the glee of a child it's a it's a weird movie and i didn't really like it yeah um if if there would have been more plot less song uh something with a little bit of darkness to it other than the indentured servitude that willy wonka's forced into but remains so happy go lucky through the whole thing because he creates a dog treadmill um, it might have had some something to keep entertainment value. Seriously, the bait and switch thing. I was in the theater. There's only like three other people in there, I think. But as soon as like the third or fourth song started, I was like, no, people man. started throwing their arms up like, and just this like, is a musical being so just like, oh, like just so upset that it was clear that this movie would not stop with the songs it wasn't going to be a fun oompa loompa song here and there or willy wonka singing something to freak kids out it was like no this entire movie will be told to you through song yeah in its entirety and and then they're gonna squeeze giraffe teats uh, yeah that was weird i didn't yeah i didn't i didn't like it I, I wasn't a fan uh so yeah that's 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 my my short review there is um you should have told me in the trailer that this was going to be purely song and dance. Yeah, and uh, absolutely. If, if you are someone that likes musicals and now knowing that it's a, a, a very happy, sweeter than the chocolate they're pushing movie that's nothing but sing song with not, evil Mr. Bean. Um, yeah, then, evil Mr. Bean was funny. Then you can go watch it. Uh, you other, might like it. But. The other thing that, I, that drove me nuts about um, Willy Wonka and, and to demonstrate... I've got this. Is that Keegan Michael Key was uh, annoying in this, and I normally really like him. Yeah, it was, it was, it was that was an interesting character casting, but like he's a chocolatier, right? He makes chocolate, and everything's chocolate, and everything is delicious chocolate. 
But every time he hands a piece of chocolate to someone, he grabs it. And, and for those of you that are listening to the podcast, I'm holding a bottle cap. And they go. And like all the fucking chocolate sounds like it's bricks. Yeah, it's, and a, it's like, way more than candy coated. I'm like, what the hell are they eating? It sounds like they're eating plastic. Mm-hmm. And it drove me nuts because never in my life have I grabbed and gone, oh, it's so good. Oh. And like making these horrible clankety noises with their teeth. And um, I know that's a stupid thing to squabble about, but it drove me insane. You know, when I'm mentioning that now, I'm remembering all of the scenes where he's just handing out chocolate and everyone's just stuffing their faces. And the whole point of the movie is not anything about Willy Wonka. Mm -mm. It's about some unspoken underground form of human slavery. slavery. Yeah, chocolate currency and human slavery in Belgium where there's like this... um, underground of of chocolate trade that makes it where the entire police force and local government are Can be fully bought off by chocolate fully corrupted to the point where they're like oh yeah you have slaves cool they didn't have a choice and you 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 are just going to keep them for the rest of their lives that's fine do you have a piece of Hershey's? And they're like, I'll take that, please. Yeah, they just like snap off like the littlest rectangle of Hershey's and like, cool, I will look the other way. And in fact, as the police chief, I will murder this man myself by hand in broad daylight in the public square because chocolate, dude. chocolate. Which also didn't make any sense because if he was that addicted to chocolate, why didn't just he taste some of Willy Wonka's chocolate and go, bruh? Yeah, that was the whole thing. Everyone was like, oh, dang, this is the best chocolate in the world. And the evil bad guys... Uh, we're like, wow, this chocolate's so good. Let's murder him. And they're like, hey, dude that loves chocolate more than life, and we'll murder him in broad daylight in front of everyone. For chocolate. Yeah. Uh, we'll give you chocolate to take out this dude that's made the best chocolate you've ever tasted. And not once did he go, best chocolate ever, huh? Maybe I'll give this a shot. Not one time. He's just like, cool, I'll kill that dude. Yeah. And slavery's badass. Yeah, the movie was whack. Um, well, it's in theaters. You can check it out. Wonka. Um also, uh, we're going to move along to save my voice, and we've got two more movies to cover. Do you want to uh, jump into Solar, since it's probably playing not necessarily Solar. Uh, at everybody's theater uh, near them? Uh, yeah, sure, man. Uh, so, uh, Solar um, is the newest S-A-L-A-A-R, Solar. Uh, Solar Part 1, Ceasefire. Uh, is the newest movie from the director of uh, KGF. Um, Did we watch the trailer to this uh, long ago? Maybe. They've been showing the trailer for a while. This movie got delayed like a year, um, which uh, is is wild because this is part one. This is already a planned uh, two-parter, you know. Um, and in the trailer for this, there's footage that does not appear in this movie. So I thought they already had the second part of this filmed. Uh, Nope. They said that we're going to have to wait two years uh, for the next part. Um, But this is the, uh, yeah, the newest movie from the guy that did uh, KGF, which you can watch on Netflix. It's very good. Um, And star Prabhas of Bahubali, uh, also a big uh, major two part, uh, Tamil movie. Uh, this one is in Telugu. Um, it's badass. It's super cool. Um, it has everything you want. Um, 
and expect from an Indian movie. No song and dance in this. Uh, no dancing numbers. It's an it's an action film. Um, it's purely action. Uh, it is political intrigue and um, mafia drama and um, you know get out of town and never come back. But then people are pulled back in and there's all of these levels of like subterfuge and and people playing the sides against each other uh with just almost non-stop action with uh you know a conflicted character who ends up in a position where he's fighting for his friend but he's he's somebody too and he doesn't know that he's somebody um it's it's so good i mean i I don't i'm it's so hard to explain um you know it is a long runtime movie where i watched it there was the intermission like three hours uh, yeah i think it's like um it's more than two and a half hours i don't think it's quite three uh but it is incredible uh prabhas kills it um this is like another bahubali for sure and it's easy to make that comparison because you have uh Prabhas in this lead role doing what he does, which is just be a badass. Um, Rebel star Prabhas. Yeah, dude. Uh, man, so every showing of this has been sold out. I tried to watch this Friday, Saturday, Sunday. All of them were sold out. I I had to buy tickets on Saturday morning for Christmas Day, uh, middle of the day, so that I could watch this movie. When I bought the tickets, there was like one full row, a couple of seats sold, and another, and then me. And when I walked in the theater, almost every seat was full. Uh, and when when Prabhas came on screen and it said Rebel Star Prabhas, that theater exploded, dude. There was whistling and hooping and hollering and people jumping and clapping, uh, dude. It's an experience to watch uh, an Indian film with a theater full of Indian, Indian people. people stoked for the movie. Um, even though they awkwardly ask you why you're in that theater. Uh, this is one of three times that's happened to me um, that I can, well, four times, one of four times I can recall. But um, the, the the story, there's, there's clearly more to it. They make sure you know there's more to it. It leaves you with a cliffhanger for two different like time periods uh which it's like how can you do that to me um which is uh, another way it's easy to parallel it with the epic of like bahubali um if you like that kind of thing if you like action movies um drama you know political like murder stuff because the whole thing is all these political murder stuff there's like this uh country that's been wiped off the it's like a city-state country thing that's been wiped off of the face of the map and no one talks about it but they can do whatever they want because they're from these like ancient tribes that just made it sure no one could mess with them they were the only ones that like completely wiped out british that tried to invade their part of india and stuff like that and so if they put their seal of of something they can run drugs they can run guns they can do whatever they want and it's kind of like an indian wakanda type thing where Mm. they have like the uh, the pinnacle and epitome of all thing military technology they're like the most fortified city-state country place on the face of the planet but inside it's all a struggle of only the strongest survive and if you're strong enough to take out someone else then that's it everyone's like okay yeah you killed that dude now you're in charge uh and so it's like this whole just like internal war at all times or anyone can turn on you at any time but at the same time 
the rest of the world is so terrified of them and what they can do to them. It's super cool, dude. It, there's so much of this movie that's like hard to explain because it starts out with like this girl moving back to India and it triggers this whole sequence of <coughs> events. But then it shows you what things happened 25 years ago and what happened seven years ago to lead to the point of where it is. And at no point is any of that like overly distracting. It's all very easy to follow and it leaves you on all these cliffhangers at the end. I, I, dude, I can't praise it enough. I think I think it was super, super badass. Well, it did pretty well in theaters this week. I mean, it was playing in uh, 800 theaters. Yeah. So we've got it here, which is, you know, if you if you, uh, you want to see it, you can check it out. Yeah, it's like the, uh, the biggest Indian movie um, on the planet right now. It's the third largest movie across the globe uh it beat Shah Rukh Khan's new movie uh uh Donkey right now uh and Shah Rukh Khan had two or three of the largest Indian films to have ever been made ever this last year mm. and this movie's doing better than those nice yeah so uh it, it's it's worth the watch it it matches the uh the hype for it and the sold out theaters are there for a reason because it is incredible so well, you could check it out if you're living in our Northwest Arkansas area or check your local listings in uh, the other 801 cities across the country. Uh, the movie that I saw this week was uh, from director James Wan, uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. It's a sequel to the 2018 Aquaman. Um, seems a little late to the party considering uh, everything that happened with Amber Heard, um, everything that just is happening with DC, um, you know, just everyone's sort of getting burned out on all things comic book, it feels like right now. Mm. And this movie, uh, despite having all the glitz and glam and special effects and casting, I mean, you had... Jason Momoa, Patrick Wilson, uh, you had uh, Yaha Abdul-Mateen, who uh, blew up when he um, played in Candyman. Uh, you've got Nicole Kidman, you got Randall Park, you got uh, Boba Fett, Dolph Lundgren, Martin Short. Uh, I mean, John Reese davies was there. Um, it was it was a it was a whole lot of a lot of people in in this movie. Um, but the problem with this movie, which is a problem with a lot of it, uh, comic book movies is that it's just so much going on on the screen that you don't really know what or why you're watching what you're watching. Mm. You know, it's just from one fast-paced moment to the next. And and this movie also felt like it had an identity crisis between it didn't know if it was... It was like, it felt like a, there was scenes directly from Star Wars and the bad guy was directly from Lord of the Rings. I mean, by the end of the movie, it felt so much like Lord of the Rings that you were being guided into the minds of Moria by Gimli himself because John Reese davies was playing this old crustacean and he's like, we'll go down there myself and you lost my, you have my claw, you know, and all this kind of shit. And you know, the, 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 they went down to the kingdom of Necrid, which was this lost kingdom. And they were exactly like the, the main guy looked like Saruman or, or Sauron, not Saruman, but Sauron. And you know, every, every it was just so it, I mean, you could Google this and you'll be like, wait a minute, is this Lord of the Rings? Like everything looks straight up Lord of the Rings. And then uh, they went into Atlantis and everything looked like Star Wars. It was like the cantina scene. It's like, burp, 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 burp. and they like walk in and there's a cantina band like doing their thing. And there's a job of the hut like fish that's up there. It's like, oh, 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 you know, oh, here comes Aquaman, you know, and like, what the fuck is happening? Like, what movie am I watching? Is, is this still Aquaman? And, you know, Jason Momoa. 
I think that maybe they just said, okay, Jason, look, we had to cut out a lot of Amber Heard's lines. We obviously can't cut her out of the whole movie because then it's like, where did this baby's mom go? Um, so we're just going to leave her in here. She's got like six lines, but we're just going to have to have you say a lot more stuff. And Jason Momoa, it's just him saying ridiculous things like, hey, you, you like tacos and, and, and tequila? I do. Oh, you like a greasy cheeseburger and a beer? I do. Ooh, ah! And he does that like, ah, hoo! Like he like screams a lot and it's, it's fucking stupid. And um, I mean, it was fun. Like the movie itself was fun, right? Okay. Does it make this a great movie? Absolutely not. And, you know, uh, the casting of... Uh, uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen, like as black, black, the black Manta's son, w- w- he was great. Like he's fantastic. And was he in the first one as the black man? As the too? son, yeah. yeah. Well, the dad, you know, got killed in front of him, and he's like, you know, yeah, kill but, Aquaman, avenge me. Yeah, but it showed him grown up in the first one. I thought. Like, no, he wasn't. He was. He wasn't a baby child. I mean, the 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 thing that happened. That movie, there was not a lot, a lot of time in between. Uh-huh. So it was like a couple of years. I think maybe like three years between the last movie and this this movie. Mm. Um, and you, but Black Manta's cool. You know, the costume design is cool. There are some things that don't necessarily translate from comic page directly to live action, but Black Manta does. He I looks mean, badass. Uh, you can't mess up Black Manta. It's like, uh, he's called Black Manta. He wears a black suit and he has a, a Stewie from Family Guy head. And he shoots laser beams yeah, out of his eyes. Like, and it's cool every time. Um, but yeah, you know, Nicole Kidman is just as cardboard and awkward to watch on screen than she ever is. Uh, Dolph Lundgren being, you know, King Nereus, like most of his head was CGI because they're all underwater and their head's got to do this shit. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, one of those movies that it's, Watching it, you're like, all of these scenes are pretty fun, and there's some funny moments. But as a movie, I don't know. And, of course, it's not doing great at the box office. Everybody's like, this is the end of the DCU, even though they're planning on rebooting it or whatever. Is it James Gunn that's rebooting it? Yeah. Yeah, he got the uh, reins to DC. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> we'll see. You know, who knows? People are going to go in there. It's probably not going to make all its money back, because I'm sure this was a very expensive movie to make. Um but yeah, I don't know. It's just too much too late, you know. I know some people say too little too late. It's too much too late. And these these I think the time of these humongous like globe-shattering blockbusters, we have we are at the end of the um law of diminishing returns on on this phenomenon. Like we have we have exhausted this turnip and there is no blood in it after all you know and and I, the, the, the studios are finally starting to get it i think they go well you know the proof is in the numbers just like we said a long time ago if we stop giving these people money they'll stop making movies like this and i think we're getting close so anyway aquaman and the lost kingdom it's in theaters right now you can check it out uh there you go um all right, well, uh, that about destroyed all of the voice that I had. Uh, so I'm going to let uh, Jake do the top 10 box office. We're going to give you the top 10 movies in America, starting with number 10, work away to number one, tell you what made money. This is going to be the long weekend. This is a holiday weekend. It went through uh, December 22nd through 24th. Yeah, 24th, 25th. And um, 
Yeah, so uh, Jake, number 10, let's take it away. Yeah, number 10, uh, dropping one spot there from the number nine, Poor Things, and it's third week out. Uh, $2.1 million brought in by that one, Uh, $5 million total in the U.S. so far, but it did add uh, 720 theaters, which is weird to see that it added theaters but dropped a spot. Um, But I think that's because we had a handful of new releases, Christmas stuff and everything. Uh, I haven't heard anything bad about that movie yet. Um, So that might be one to see while it's still out there. Uh, And then uh, holding at the number nine spot, uh, one we were talking about a little while ago, Godzilla minus one. And it's fourth week out in the U.S. Who would have thought? Um, 400% longer than they planned. $2.6 million brought in by that one, uh, bringing its domestic total uh, at the time of these reportings to $40.2 million in the U.S. there. Uh, across the world, it's made $76.3 million bucks. Uh Doing good. Hell yeah, dude. On a budget of less than 15 at a reported 15, mm-hmm. and it's made almost 75. Killing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. doing... That's like a horror movie, man. It's doing fantastic. Uh, and then coming in at the number eight spot, another Japanese film, uh, The Boy and the Heron, $2.8 million by that one, 30.2 in the U.S., and it's three weeks out. It's brought in just over $122 million, uh, across the globe. That one, again, I have not seen or heard anything bad about it. I loved it. It's uh, great. I yeah. really thought it was great. We both watched it in Japanese. Uh, my cousin said he watched it in English when I was talking to him uh, over Christmas. He really liked it. Um, he's kind of newer to the Ghibli Um so uh, it's it's fantastic. I know uh, at least one of our viewers watched it in English, Dina, and she uh, just thought Robert Pattinson uh, killed it as the Heron. Uh, and then coming in at the number seven spot, big dive from the number two spot because something else actually came out to watch. Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds, Snakes, $3 million on that one, uh, which is a 50% drop. Yeah. Uh it has brought in 150 or on just under 150 million, 149.2 uh, in the U.S. and it's six weeks. It dropped out. pretty hard because it was a lot of movies that came out this weekend. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. People actually got some options. I, they never expected that one to have success. No one did, and then it did because I think people were like, "Oh, there's, na- there's name recognition." Um, but uh, once that wore off, uh, there it goes. Uh, and then opening at the number six spot. Uh, the Iron Claw from A24, uh, $4.87 million brought in by that one. Not so bad uh, for a movie about wrestlers. Everyone, I, I've watched a lot of people review it, doing early reviews, talking about it, wrestling fans, even though it's not the 100% truth because it's hard to do in biopics. They've cut some characters out and kind of changed history a little bit. It was for the betterment of the story and to try and help make sure that it, the movie stayed within budget and was able to tell the story within runtime. I've heard they've done a fantastic job. I look forward to seeing that movie as well. I just didn't get a chance uh, this weekend. Uh, and then just above it, the movie I did talk to you guys about because I did find a way to watch it. Salar, uh, $5.5 million brought in in the U.S. Uh, that movie's out there kicking ass uh, uh, across the world. Um, cause it made something like 21 and a half million dollars in one day of release. Mm. Um, 
I think it's been out in India for a little while. Um, but first week out here in the U.S., uh, it's doing good. Like I said, I had a hard time finding a theater I could get into to watch this, uh, and I'm very happy I did. Uh, and then at the number four spot, which is something kind of uh, unexpected here. Um, is that rom-com? Yeah, Anyone But You uh, with the dude from uh, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, it's about two people that Are date. so sexy and that if the, they just stick around long enough, they're going to fuck. Yeah, they date, and then they decide they don't like each other after one or two dates, and that they're just disgusted by each other. But then they go on a uh, destination wedding, and they happen to run into each other in Australia. So what are they going to do? Pretend they're dating so that they're not single people at an Australian wedding. <laughs> Uh, somehow that movie brought in six million bucks. Um, explain that one to I me. I hate movie about. I hate movies like that. They're just about like attractive people getting to do attractive people things. Yeah, yeah. yeah fuck that. Oh, you're gross. Uh, you're gross. Okay, bye. What? You're in Australia too? Yeah, but you're like, hot, and I'm also hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then opening at the number three spot, despite being listed as Illumination's worst opening, it's still the number three spot in the country. Uh, $12.4 million brought in by migration. Um, so we'll see where that one goes since it is uh, the animated movie that's out there, like the comedy animated movie that's not music, which is uh, hard to hold kids' attention with. Yep. Um, and then just above it, the one that is all music. And probably still hard to hold a kid's yeah, attention yeah, with. Yeah, hard to hold my attention uh, Wonka, it brought in $18 million on its second week. So far in the U.S., it's brought in 75.5. Um, I know last week it was showing that it, um, or the week before last, I think, it had made big dollars across the globe. Um, so I'm sure that movie's not really hurting, uh, which unfortunately means that we'll probably see more nonsense like that. Uh, which, not listed here because it didn't open until yesterday, uh, the Color Purple um, yeah, musical yeah. release. It opened yesterday, and apparently it's like the biggest Christmas opening in the last 14 years. Yeah, I'm surprised um, it um, wasn't and showing up in my reports here. It was, I think it made like 14, no, 14, 14 years, biggest opening. It was, it was like... Because it was just Christmas Day, so I guess yeah. those numbers haven't come in yet. It, it was like five or six million dollars, something I can't remember. But uh, the the entire article I read credited it to name recognition alone. Yeah. Um, but taking the top spot, Aquaman and Lost Kingdom, $27.7 million. Uh, enough to be in the top spot, not enough to be up there with the rest of the comic book movies. Uh, but across the world, uh, it's brought in almost $120 million so far. Yeah, so I mean, it's making money, but probably not going to make enough. Uh, so, yeah, there you have it. Well, all right, gang. Well, that's it. I know it's been a weird, uh, weird night on the show. Not a lot of people were knowing what was happening, but it, it happened. So we thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we will be back uh, probably next week for regular time. I mean, it'll be New Year's Day, um, but I'm not doing anything. So um, there's not going to be a lot of movies to watch, but we'll come up here and, you know, shoot the shit with you guys. So anyway, um, you got any parting parting thoughts there, Jake? Uh, if I can, I'll try and see the Iron Claw so that at least I have something, something to, talk to talk about. about. And then maybe I'll watch Rebel Moon. So, uh, all right, guys. Well, that's it. Hopefully, my voice will be back in full strength next week. Uh, I am uh, Bo, the Boom Operator. And I'm the Grip. And we'll see you next week. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. 
Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.